Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. I have my YouTube family with me here. I decided to display a little Def Leppard shirt today because um, I'm going to be buying some tickets um, to Aerosmith. I know that's not Def Leppard, but Aerosmith and Black Crows, they're, they just announced a tour, and I'm so excited. I haven't seen the Black Crows since college i saw them in at san jose state at the event center which was just built as i got there i got there in 88 and they had just i think they had it finished like in 89 and it was like oh my god like bands are going to come play at our college and they did the black crows came there in the height of their fame and i saw them at the event center along with um um oh gosh what is the name sebastian bach um you know i can't think of it now um, they have the best rock melodic song ever. I will remember you. Oh my God. Skid Row. Thank you. Okay. Skid Row. Anyways, it just reminds me of Def Leppard. That's why I put my rocker t-shirt up because that's like the time of my life where I was listening to Aerosmith and Black Crows. I was listening to Def Leppard and I haven't, I've never seen Aerosmith in concert and I'm so excited because it's their farewell tour, which is really really sad it's like that just means that they're gonna die after the tour that's it that's the end I can't imagine just saying like this is the last time we're ever doing this and then we're probably just gonna like hang out for the rest of our lives which probably won't be that long and then we're just gonna take a dirt nap I don't know it's sad like I don't know but you know they do that for sales too who knows maybe it will be a a second coming and they'll have more touring after that. I know that um, Steven Tyler went through some kind of like foot surgery and he got addicted to opioids again. Um, so he had to go through some rehab. So that delayed a tour that was supposed to happen. But um, they're back and they're coming December 4th, I believe. And I have tickets to Depeche Mode December 3rd, which is a Sunday. So we're going to be driving to San Francisco on Sunday, Joey and me, unless I have a boyfriend by then, but you know, (laughs) the plan is for Joey to go with me. So December 3rd, Sunday, San Francisco, which is about an hour and a half away from where I live. And then the next night, I, this is, I've never done this much concert going in my life. The next night would be Aerosmith and Black Crows in San Jose, about an hour for that show away from where I live. Um, I think I should take a day or two off work as well because that's just going to be too much. (laughs) But I'm really excited about that. Um, Other things going on at the moment, the uh, Lakers and the Warriors are in the playoffs together. This is very exciting stuff here, people. Um, I am supposed to be a Warriors fan because I grew up in the Bay Area. And I always did love the Warriors, I guess. I've never really been a big basketball fan. I think... um, in my big heyday of watching basketball, it was during college, and that was the Bulls, because, of course, it was Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman, and Kerr, and now Kerr is the coach of the Warriors, which is all just so trippy to me, but I remember watching, because I hung out with boys, my boyfriend at the time, they all loved the Bulls, and we would watch all the games, and uh, what a time, <laughs> what a time to be watching basketball. I mean, it was unreal. Um, I have to say, I didn't really watch a lot of... Um, Oh, now I'm going to forget his name. My God, he's on my son's wall. The one who died. Um, Kobe. I don't, I didn't, because I haven't had um, cable. So I haven't watched, you know, sports, but I love, I really, really love sports. And I feel really excited about it, like I do with music. So once I get into it again, it's like, I don't want to miss any of it. And right now, of course, the playoffs are really exciting. So Warriors and Lakers apparently haven't played since 
91, which is, they haven't played each other in the playoffs since 91, which is so crazy ironic because when I was in college, I worked at Channel 36 in San Jose and they had a little rinky dink sports department. It was literally the size of this closet right here. Um, and a guy that worked in the department who was kind of like the editor, I guess they considered him like, he wasn't a sports caster. Um, Robert Somethingstein was the sportscaster. Robert Bronstein, something like that. Uh, Tony was like his sidekick. Tony did all the editing and would go to all like the um, live events and, and he would, I don't, he never was like in front of the camera, but anyways, Tony took me one night to see the Warriors and it was in 91 because I got shot in 91 and that's when I started working at Channel 36 after they interviewed me. So I went to a Warriors game and Tony, like because we had press seats basically because we were Channel 36, we sat almost courtside and I re I'll never forget that whole, and I've never been to a professional basketball game since then. That was the first and only. Um, I don't know who they played. I know Chris Mullen was there for sure because I remember being starstruck by him. And this is also again after I dated the guy who I watched all the Bulls games with. So I was very aware of the Bulls and all of those players. I don't believe they played, uh, well, it wasn't the Bulls, obviously, but I don't believe we played the Lakers that night. I feel like I would have remembered that. I mean, it's possible. I, it is possible. I don't remember the month. I don't remember any of that. I just know that I went to a Warriors game in 91 and I sat almost courtside. I, we were like rows, like four or five and we were really close to the floor. Um, and I remember feeling like the court felt so small. I was like, this is it. It's small. It doesn't, it's so different in person and on TV, it looks like it would be much bigger, but it felt really tiny. Um, but it was really fun to see those guys, you know, like you're so far down almost to the floor that you can literally feel how tall they are. And I remember thinking, eh, they're not that tall. But I know if I stood next to them, I would have been like, yeah, they're freaking tall. Now I have a son who's six six, who's only just turned 16. And I don't think he's going to be done growing. And I'm like, damn, I mean, he might be up there. He might get up to like six eight, six ten. I'm like, he's going to be as tall as those guys. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Owen's basketball future and see where it goes. He's, you know, going into varsity this year, and I cannot wait to see him play and play varsity basketball or football. He's going to be tight end this year. He got um, moved positions. I don't know if I talked about that before. It's the coveted position he's always wanted. Um, he had to play defense for the last two years, and he hated it. He was a uh, right and left tackle, and now he's going to be offense, and he's going to be tight end. And it's just like the it, it's so motivating for him because he really didn't even want to play football because of the position he was playing. He didn't like um, tight end at all. No. Uh, left right tackle but now tight end he's very excited about that um so and it's all kind of crazy because when he started freshman year Blankenship who's the varsity coach would see him and you know Owen was overweight he was much shorter he was out of shape because of COVID everything was hard for Owen his freshman year and I give him so much credit for sticking it out and continuing to play a lot of kids give up and they just don't want to deal with the grind of it all and he stuck with it literally, I think to prove to Blankenship because this coach had said to him one day, 
Owen had a pulled tailbone, which is not something you can really show anybody, but it was he bruised it during his eighth grade graduation sitting in a metal chair and tucking his butt under because we went to Disneyland like the next day and he could barely get on the rides. He was having trouble walking. The car ride down was miserable. And if you've ever bruised a tailbone, you know how much it hurts. So he was having trouble exercising during the beginning of practice his freshman year. And this he had to sit out a little bit. And this coach said that he was really disappointed in him. And he said, you know, you're I, I know you can do better than this. And it was like, as a parent, you want to like call that coach and say, leave my kid the F alone. Like he's literally injured and he's already having a hard enough time trying to keep up. And this is like, he's out of his element. He feels like he's not athletic at this point and he's feeling really bad about it and he's injured and he can't freaking help it. And I know it was like these things, like it's almost like it feels like a movie. Like he has grown, he's thinned out, he's athletic now. And this coach loves him. It's, he's been his PE coach. Um, I, I don't know if he was freshman year. Like he does basically, I think this last year, sophomore, he's been doing football PE with Blankenship. So Blankenship's been there. They call him coach B and he's like an OG football coach. He's from Fresno state, I believe. And he's kind of like hard on the kids. That's just the way he's always been. And, um, but if you gain coach B's respect, there is just nothing like it. And so coach B said, yeah, Owen, you're, you're tied on this year. And it was like, to hear that from coach B was just like, I mean, even me and Owen's dad were like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, it's so exciting. So, um, yeah, he has definitely gained coach B's respect for sure. I mean, um, it's awesome. Like at the um, football banquets, coach B always ends up crying because it's, emotional talking about these boys who have put up with him and gone through the four-year program that is not that easy like this year he'll be going six o'clock in the morning till I believe 8 30 during the summer doing football practice it'll be and he you know I'll probably have to drive him unless he has his license by then but yeah they they get out there really early and it's a lot of discipline and there's no whining and you do it you just do it. And I've always seen these varsity kids when I would drive up to sub or whatever, and I'd see the football team kids running down because Aptos High is like built on a hill. And they, the top where the gym is in the weight room and stuff, it's like above where, you know, you have to go up stairs and um, a few flights of stairs. And it's at the back part of the school where the field is much lower. And I would see these guys hustling down every morning, um, sometimes carrying you know, heavy bags on their shoulders. And I didn't see a coach anywhere. I didn't see, you know, any teachers telling them to move fast. They just know it's part of their routine and their, their, um, what they've been taught and they don't, no one has to tell them to move their ass and they do it and they are, they discipline each other. And it's really amazing to watch. So Owen will be a part of that and I'll be able to go to his varsity games now and actually see him walk down from the weight room to the field, which I've missed many times because I was working and I would get there like just after the games would start. And I get to see him walk down hand in hand with another player. Cause that's what they do. They go down with one player. Everybody walks down in solidarity hand in hand with another player. It's just, Oh, Oh, it gives me goosebumps. It's so sweet. And then also, I'm on a total tangent here. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but prior to their away games, they have to uh, put on nice clothing. They have to wear a tie, a dress shirt, and nice slacks, and they show up at the JV game. You know, they'll play right after JV plays or whatever. Um, they show up to the um, away games dressed in like nice suit attire, and that is part of being um, like 
coming across, uh, you know, with a good attitude and being proper and um, being, you know, um, good sports. And I, I just think it's an, and gentlemen, and I just I, I love all of it. It's so great. And by the way, Coach B taught. He teaches his boys how to shake hands. He says this is a very important skill. And so he makes he makes sure that they, I guess he shakes them every day. And um, if they do a poor job, they have to go back and do it again. And he literally said at one of the banquets, or the banquet the last, it was like two weeks ago, he said that uh, one of the kids in the crowd on his team, it was a freshman, had literally, literally um, gotten a job by because of his handshake like they said we hired you because you had such a great handshake that was part of their <laughs> hiring decision which is all thanks to this coach which I think what an important skill to teach young men is how to shake hands so um, Owen has showed me how he shakes hands and it killed my hand okay so enough about basketball um, I want to give a shout out to Dave Peck who I went to high school with who reached out to me through uh, DM Dave and I um, graduated the same year we didn't hang in the same crowd. Um, I had no idea that Dave was listening or watching my podcast at all. <laughs> and he wrote to me because I have talked about Jeff Antonchuk, my big, huge crush that Dave didn't know who he was, but he knew some other people that hung out with him. Um, Ron and Roy Drake were twins. They hung out with uh, Jeff. Anyways, um, God, I even say his name, Jeff, and I get like goosebumps. Anyways, um, he was saying, I think you meant like so-and-so Wolfchuck. And I was like, no, no, it's Jeff Antonchuck. And he's like, no, I never heard of that guy at all. I'm like, yeah, well, he was two years older and he was like in the parking lot crowd. Dave was definitely hanging with the more like the drama crowd and like the girls that did the Cherokees and um, it was a different group completely. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised you didn't know who he was. Um, so, hey, Dave, how's it going? <laughs> I'll get you that autographed, whatever you ask for. Like, <laughs> whatever whatever you want um let's see okay um mm -mm -mm. oh i was just thinking of things that are embarrassing because they do that on tiktok they'll put like all these random things that are like embarrassing that it, we don't talk about a lot um maybe they do talk about this one but i don't remember seeing it on tiktok bowling we went bowling for owen's birthday and it was so uncomfortable for my daughter ryan she did one frame and that was the end we had two games set up and we just bowled the rest of her frames and my daughter is gorgeous like she's got the most beautiful figure she is so pretty and it's like she couldn't stand the thought of people watching her throw a bowling ball it like literally she was getting like I mean I love you Ryan I hope I don't say anything that makes you feel like uncomfortable but literally felt like crippling anxiety from it it was like like overwhelming super overwhelming she didn't even want to talk about it like she just wanted to just to sit and not be like dealing with the whole bowling thing and it's interesting to think about because as I would grab the bowling ball and like go to swing it back I really feel like I'm the star of the show like everybody's watching me and more than likely nobody is it's so different how you feel as the one bowling versus watching the bowler you know it's so different the perspective is completely different and of course how stupid you feel when you throw a gutter ball or you like could feel it veering off at the very end and you just turn around because you know it's not going to make it um, and you might hit one pin um, or like I don't know just all of those different feelings it brings me right back to being a kid and going bowling I used to love to go bowling my mom would drop me off with my friend and we'd bowl like you know three or four games and just I loved it and then my thumb would be sore after and because it would kind of get stuck um, 
but yeah, I, I, it's just a funny thing to feel embarrassed about bowling. It's the turning around. It's that shame of like, you know, the embarrassment of blowing it or even doing well. It's like, <laughs> you know, I did it. <laughs> I got a strike. <laughs> I got a spare. It's embarrassing. I don't know why it is. Bowling is kind of embarrassing. Um, and I broke the bowling um, machine. Like this, this should be foolproof. <laughs> Excuse me. This should be foolproof. Let me take a sip. Oh, there's a cat fur on my, my drink. I drank that wrong. It's okay. I drank something wrong the other day on the way to taking Joey to a concert. My whole esophagus all the way down started cramping from the top down. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. It's like my throat wasn't ready, nor was my brain ready to swallow the water, but I did it anyways. And I created this cramp. Oh my God. I, I thought I was gonna have to pull over on the freeway. I was like, and it felt like I was going to maybe have even a heart attack the way it was going down. It was like, is this going to affect everything inside? But it passed, but it hurt a lot. Anyway, um, back to the bowling. So I had one pin left. My ball was stuck. Um, like it had gone in the left gutter side and it was just spinning and the light was off and it hadn't reset and come back up and put the light on. And I thought, well, I'm just going to throw the ball because we were waiting we waited like three minutes and it just wasn't stopping the ball just kept spinning so I was like well I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw the ball a new ball and just try to hit that one pin well apparently I malfunctioned the whole thing because the guy came out we and, and I also ruined it for the people that were next to us and there was two like dads with their young boys and I they were not happy but I, I and I guess they knew that I kind of was sort of responsible for it but I'm like these things should be completely foolproof, like fail safe, whatever that term is. They, there should be no way that anybody could mess up a bowling alley, you know, pin return, whatever it, I, it should be dummy proof. Um, there was nothing that came up that said, you need to go to the front desk and tell them that it's not resetting nothing, nothing on the screen, nothing. So I like an idiot throw the ball again and I don't hit the pin, but I, it malfunctioned the whole thing. So the guy, goes down with his headphones on, you know, this man that works there and he's the, obviously the technician or whatever. And he's laying down across our, the end of our court. And I was saying, I mean, this is not funny, but I'm like, how funny it would be if I threw the ball right now. Um, <laughs> not good. Um, but anyways, he gets up, he walks slowly towards us and he says, yeah, so this is going to be like at least a two hour job. Um, it's all messed up. It's like stuck up there. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be able to reset this. We're going to have to move you guys to another lane. He is super irritated. And I'm like, dude, like I, there was nothing that said I needed to go to the front desk. Like, I can't believe like what I did broke the machine, whatever. So I guess you can break the machine when you go bowling, apparently, but whatever. And the people that were next to us just decided to leave. <laughs> they reset everything with the scores and everything on a lane over next to us. It was like not a big deal. I don't know why those people left. They seemed irritated. Um, okay. And the other embarrassing thing is, um, I went to the movies today and I saw, I saw, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret which is Judy Bloom book, which I read, you know, back then I read it. I don't remember the book at all. Um, I just remember her asking, you know, obviously the title, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. That's like all I remember. And like periods, like her having her period. That's like all I remember from the book. So I thought I'm going to go see that today. I just had the time and I got to the theater and there was only two people. It's kind of a small theater, but there were two people in there already. And then I sat down and then some lady came and sat by me. So it was literally four of us in there. And when it was over, 
like the credits started coming up and I felt funny standing up and leaving. I just felt weird. It was like, I, it felt rude and no one else was moving. It was like dead silent and the credits were kind of quiet. And it's just something weird about that moment where you decide to get up and leave when there's hardly anybody in there. It just felt so like awkward and embarrassing. I was like, it's going to get out of here right now. I love the movie though. I did. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm being rude to the people who made the movie that I'm just getting up and leaving right after it ended. Um, but yeah, it was good. And it made me think about a lot of things. And so I, a couple of uh, stories came up in my mind that I thought I would share. Um, let's see, was there anything else really fast? Okay, well, I'll go. I'll, yeah, I'll go into the stories first. So one thing about the movie is Yes, her getting her period, and the, there's three friends of hers that um, they've made this oath to each other that whenever one of them gets it, that they share it with each other and let everybody know, the group know, the group of the four, let each girl know or whatever, um, what it's like, you know, what it's like to get it, because it's such a big mystery, right? And so you know, one girl gets it and then the other and it's, it's everybody but Margaret, right? And so she's going through this feeling of just feeling like it's never going to happen to her and that she is just almost broken. And why is she's asking God just like, could you just make this happen? You know, because she's like the only one that it hasn't happened to. And I went through that. I went through the exact same thing. I had a small group of friends. Hi, Genevieve, Thorley, Jenny, and Shannon, and Heather. Everybody got it before me. Everybody had it, like, at least by the eighth grade. I was such a late bloomer. It did not happen for me until the almost the end of my freshman year. And I really thought I was broken. Like, I really did. I remember feeling so bad about it. And I was... this. It's all about her being flat-chested, too. And I'm like, that too was like a big thing. Like I wasn't growing hardly anything. And I, I really felt like I stood out like a sore thumb. I knew me and my friend Jenny and this other girl, Amy, I want to say Brugman. Like we were like the flattest girls in the school. I don't feel like anybody else was flat like us. I, I remember vividly like looking around and seeing that it was just us. And I like, why is this not happening for me? Why am I not getting anything going on in my chest? Um, and then I did a little bit, but it was nothing too much. I never really grew uh, very much. I was like, at, like, an, like I've always talked about my all my surgeries that I've had for breast implants and stuff, but I was like a, a B and an A. I was uneven when it finally happened. And the A side um, was also uh, peppered with a little um, pectus excavatum. And so my chest was tilted normal here, tilted here. So this part of my chest tilts in, um, you know, and it's it's pretty deep. I mean, the cavity goes in real deep right there, but I have like an implant now that kind of like hides it a little bit, but not all the way. I mean, you can definitely see it. Um, and anyways, it was a big hindrance before I had the implants and I no, bathing suits didn't work. You could see like if I had like a triangle bathing suit, it would like pucker open because there was not enough boob on that side. Plus it was tilted in. So I had to worry about my nipple showing. It was awful. So, um, yeah, I went through a lot of growing pains. I really hated like that time of my life. I felt really awkward and then very tall. I felt like I was taller than all the boys. I had curly hair. My hair would frizz when it was, you know, um, foggy in the morning. 
Um, of course, the straight haired girls never had that issue or those issues. Um, just the tall thing alone was like so hard being taller than almost all the boys and people calling you stork and giraffe. And, you know, it, it's funny because I'll tell my girlfriend this and she's like, oh, my God, what I would have given to be tall like you. And I'm like, that's funny because it was like I hated it so much growing up. Um, I wanted to be like Doris, you know, Doris Quest, if you guys know Doris. I mean, Doris had this cute little sporty, perky girl body. That's what I wanted. I wanted to look like Doris and me and Genevieve next to her, we were both really tall. I mean, and at our full heights, I know that I was almost six feet tall thoroughly. I know just reached just over six feet. Yes, I did have tall friends and that did help. Um, and Genevieve, I believe was just a little bit shorter than me. Um, like maybe five eleven. Um, now I'm five ten and three quarters. I'm under five eleven, but, um, yeah, it was hard. So anyways, um, uh, the the period thing that's where I was with all that yeah I was uh I, it finally happened at 14 and a half which I think is why or almost 15 honestly which I've heard is why I, I still have it now at 52 which is just crazy um because yeah I do I still have it I had like the worst cramps like two weeks ago crazy mm. an update on I don't remember what I told you last night last night last time hello about the coach um i did see him i think i haven't done a podcast since then because it was a tuesday night a week ago i can't remember i don't think i don't think i've talked on here about him maybe i did i'm just gonna say i got emotional i cried after like yeah i talked about it on my instagram story i yeah i cried after after we finished um i don't know it was hormones and it was just uh you know we've kind of got this connection when we see each other, but when I'm not with him, I don't even think about him really. It's just when I see him, it's nice. It's comfortable. And it goes right back into being really comfortable when I see him like immediately, like it's not even, but I was really like, mm, I was ovulating the last time I saw him. So I was like, when we kissed, it was very, there was a lot of sparks. It was really, it was really fun. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's a good situation. You know, you just kind of see each other when you have that urge and that person's there and you trust them and it just works out. So that's that on him. Um, yeah, nothing from Jeff and Chuck yet. Again, I don't even think he knows about the notification thing on Facebook. So I'm, I'm thinking he's probably never going to see it, but he hasn't undone it. So to make me go away. So that's a good sign. Um, the other part, to the first kiss was there was a first kiss on are you there god it's me margaret which reminded me of in the sixth grade i had well just to go back a little bit i grew up in san carlos and i went to the school called white oaks and i hung out and grew up with this girl named jennifer cochran um for most of my youth and um at one point my parents divorced and my mom and i moved um away at one point she married somebody and we moved further away from San Carlos. So I had to change schools. That marriage did not work out. Thank God. Cause he was a mess. He was older and an alcoholic. And my mom and I kind of escaped one night. It, it's a, that's another story I should tell. That was crazy. She's like, take everything that you need. Cause we're not coming back. And we got in the car and it was raining. We had the dog and the cat pa packed up and, and, uh, we pulled out of the driveway and he was like running after the car. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Anyways, escaped to my grandparents and we never went back. Um, he was like a millionaire. It's crazy, crazy. Anyways. Um, so I went back to my junior high where I, it was sixth grade. I left basically, I went to a different school for sixth grade, um, three quarters of the way through. And then I ended up going back to my hometown 
And so I only missed three quarters of a year basically with these friends that I had had. And then I went back for the end of my sixth grade year. When I went back, those friendships had been kind of, um, I don't know, severed or whatever. We just didn't hang out anymore. And, uh, oh, no, no, no. It, it wasn't until after that summer. I take that back. When I came back, uh, I did try to regroup with those friends. I don't know. I don't really remember it, honestly, if it was, uh, if I felt really connected to them again. Because I think by sixth grade, and I know Jennifer Cochran had developed in fifth grade. Like this girl had a bang and bod in fifth grade. It was crazy. Like I'll never forget it. She got her period in fifth grade. I hope that's not too much information, but I remember that and thinking, damn, I mean, what were we 10? But that happens. I mean, that happens at my school too. I mean, my elementary school where I, where I work, I mean, there's definitely, there's probably fourth graders or possibly even third graders, who knows. Um, but anyways, I remember like she was so pretty and I was very awkward and gawky and I was kind of like, how is she even friends with me? But anyways, I got invited to a sixth grade pool party at the end of the year. It was an end of the year party and all the popular kids were there. So, you know, if anybody's listening to this, who knows these people, it was like, it was at Colleen Koji's house and it was around her pool and, um, Garen Keeley was there and Andy Cost and Brian Baird and Scott, her, or, uh, Brian Hurley. I think Brian Hurley was at, I think so. Basically any of those pretty kids that went to central sixth grade year, they were at that party. There was a, I'd, I feel like there was like 30 kids and I was invited and I went and I was nervous because I didn't feel like I knew these kids that well. Um, because it was sixth grade, that's right. It was sixth grade. So this is when all the elementary schools had come together to the junior high because our junior high was sixth, seventh, eighth. So when they started sixth grade year, there was a bunch of other kids from different schools that all got to know each other. So when I came at the end of sixth grade year, I didn't really know all of them. I just knew Jennifer still. And so I got invited and and Kim Bacon was there. I remember Kim was there. Um, and so what I remember vividly about this pool party is they were playing Journey faithfully. Andy Cost asked me to dance, which I could not freaking believe. I don't know if the Fleischmans were there. I'll have to ask Keith. I'm friends with Keith Fleischman and we talk quite a bit. He's in Romania for anybody who's listening. He's lived there for like the last 10 years. Um, anyways, yeah. I, and uh, anyways, Andy asked me to dance, which I remember just being like... <laughs> me. So I danced slowly, you know, the back and forth in the circle to journeys faithfully. I'll never forget that. And then for some reason, the tears started flowing and all the girls started crying. Not me. Kim Bacon was crying. I'll never forget it. Kim, I love you. I totally remember this though. She was crying. So was another girl with blonde hair. I can't think of it. She had such a, uh, I want to say her name maybe started with a T. I know that the Fleischmann said that they got to feel her up in a hot tub at a party. I can't remember her name. She didn't go on to high school with us. Anyways, uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in sixth. It, that was eighth grade when that happened with the feeling up thing, not sixth grade. But anyways, and I was not a part of any of that at that point, but um, I became a big nerd. But um yeah, so girls started crying, and it was almost like the dom this domino effect. Like, they saw the one girl crying, and they decided, like, they should cry, too, because it was, I don't know, it was just emotions were coming out. It's the end of the year. We need to cry. So they were, and the guys were concerned about all the girls. It was a really weird, like, thing that was happening. And um, I was inside, 
And I was, I remember being really nervous because I didn't really know how to react to all the girls crying because I didn't feel like crying. And I, but I saw that it became very emotional all of a sudden. And I will never forget this. And it's okay to say this because I already told him before because we're friends um, through Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And we, um, we saw each other at the reunion at the, our 35 year high school reunion, Garen Keeley, hottie Garen Keeley. I had such a crush on him. I mean, everybody did. He was so, he's still a really good looking guy. Um, he, I was sitting on a couch cushion that like the kind that's pushed up to, um, like a lounge kind of like chair that you'd sit in, you know, it's the cushion part that rolls around. I was sitting on that. We were, there was some of us that were in the living room and the music was playing inside and outside. And he came up and he, I don't remember how he approached me, but I feel like he put his hand under my chin and he bent down and he kissed me on the mouth. Like he fucking kissed me on the mouth. I did not know my mind exploded. Like my, literally my mind exploded. Like I, I was, I was not that girl. I don't even know how this happened. And I, uh, and it was just a peck. It was nothing more than that, but it was Garen Keeley. And he kissed me on the mouth. By the way, I've told Garen this. He does not remember this at all, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Cause it was like a big moment in my life. I went into calling Kochi's bathroom and I remember looking in the mirror and feeling like this is the beginning of everything my life is going to change from this point forward. And I can't believe it. And you know what? <laughs> that was the end of the fun. I kid you not until I went to college. That was it. Nothing exciting happened in my life with boys until I went to fucking college. Literally seventh grade, eighth grade, tons of crushes all through high school. I did kiss Marco Fori and um, Brian Bailey. It was truth or dare. I mean, it didn't even count. That was the only other times that I kissed a guy. Oh, and Chris, Rich Chrisman kissed me at Village Host after graduation, eighth grade. He just stopped me in the aisle of Village Host and made out with me. Like, I didn't even like how embarrassing. Why did I even go along with this? I remember his like tongue going crazy in my mouth. Like, why did that even happen? And he was like my friend's ex-boyfriend. Doris and him had dated and yeah, that was weird. I'll never forget like him stopping me and just, he must've been drunk. I don't even know. I wasn't, I was not doing anything like, like that in the eighth grade. So yeah, nothing big for me happened until my first week of college. Literally everything happened my first week of college. Yeah. Found a boyfriend, made out, had sex, did everything I wanted to, made him sit behind me and put his arms around me. Cause I always wanted to know what that felt like to lean against a guy's chest and have his arms around me. And Oh my God. And all of that. Yeah, it was great. It was so great that that was my boyfriend, Eric, uh, Renault. Um, and that was an amazing, I dated him for almost two years. So anyways, yeah, that was my first kiss. Really. I would say was Garen Keeley. Yep. And, uh, Garen, I'm really sad, disappointed that he doesn't remember, but it happened. I am not making that up. It really did happen. Okay. Um, funny little thing. Uh, today I was, um, out with my daughter watching the Lakers and the Warriors at, um, Applebee's. And I looked down at my hand and I see you probably, I don't know if you could see it here. There's like a red mark on my finger. Okay. There you can see it. See this red mark. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I don't feel anything. There's no scratch on my finger. I don't remember doing anything to hurt myself. And then I look at my other hand. Do you see? There's a red mark there too. So I'm showing this to my YouTube 
people. I started thinking, I'm going to die. I like literally, I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is this? I've got these spots on my hands. So I'm thinking hand, foot and mouth right away. But I'm like, no, I don't like those are blisters that you usually get. I'm looking all over my arms. I go in the bathroom. I pull my shirt. I'm looking at my back just to see. I'm like, this is it. This is the beginning. It's like, maybe I'm going to have a heart attack tonight. Maybe I'm going to die. Maybe I need to go to the emergency. Like, what is this? Like, is it, is it cancer? So I look up red spots on hand or like splotchy hands or red hands or whatever. Of course, cancer comes up. So does, um, um, liver failure and some other things. And I was like, liver failure. What? I like, I don't even drink. And I'm like, it's, it's cancer. It's like, that scares me more than anything. HIV is, I don't even think about HIV. It's nothing, whatever. I don't even think about it, but cancer, hell, that's fucking terrifying. So I put it on my Instagram story. I'm like, I don't know. Does anybody know why you might get in the exact same spot on opposite hands, why you would have a red mark on your palm side of your fingers? Like, why? And so somebody had said, maybe you gripped your steering wheel too tight. I was like, huh, I do. I do remember driving and holding my steering wheel a little tight, but really? It's going to leave red marks that are still there? Like, they're still there. I'm like, no, I can't. It couldn't have been that. Then I talked to my mom. I think we were the ones who deciphered it and figured it out. It was. It was my mom. I bought where I got to get them. Hold on. I'm going to show my YouTube. Oh, shit. I knew that was going to happen. Oh my God. I just knocked over my camera. Hold on. We're okay. Everything's okay. Hold on. I bought these. If you watched my Instagram story, you saw this, but I bought boots. I bought cowboy boots because yesterday was Cinco de Mayo and, um, all the kids were wearing cowboy boots. They looked adorable. And then there were some staff members and some fifth graders who were wearing cowboy boots with, um, like jeans and the jeans go down just to like, they, you know, they go all the way down. You got to wear them all the way to the bottom of the heel. Well, I couldn't wear the women's 11 because I have big fucking feet. So they were too tight. I was on the struggle bus. I did get one foot on. I got the right one on, but I couldn't get the left. So what was I doing? Pulling, pulling like this, trying to get these boots on or somehow. Yeah, I had it like this. So <laughs> it was from the bootstraps. <laughs> That's how I do. I don't, I mean, I don't feel anything from it. And my mom said, welcome to old age. Like, this is truly like what happened. She goes, we get marks all over our bodies and we don't even know how it happens anymore. Her and my stepdad, Ron. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I freaking did it from pulling up these boots. Um, pulled up my bootstraps. These boots um, are the male version because I could not fit the female version, unfortunately. But the stitch is exactly the same. Um, it was just... Um, what was the difference? Really? There was none. It, the, oh, this part was different. It was more like florally, but I'm going to wear jeans that are going to cover like the majority of the boot. I'm never going to wear these with a skirt or shorts or anything like that. So it'll just be with jeans anyways. And really you can't tell that these are men's. They like literally this part, the front is the same exact size across as the female version. So, um, these are from Mexico. They're made in Mexico. They, uh, I bought them at the discount mall in Watsonville, which is like, 
right when I walked, it's like the jankiest place ever, but you know, I love my town Watsonville. It looks like it's where the very poor shop and I pulled the door open. You know, it's like, it says, use this door on this side only, you know, it's like that kind of place. Like you can't even see inside this place. There's no windows in just the doors. So I pull this open and it's like one giant open mall kind of thing. I, you'd have to, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's looks like not so nice inside. As I open the door, I look to the right. There's all the boots on display right there. And my daughter told me, go to the discount mall. So I'm thinking maybe they'll be cheaper there. <laughs> they were not. First of all, the prices were not on the boots, which I thought was a little suspicious because I asked them how much they cost. And the lady, the first lady that spoke to me, you know, and Spanish is their first language for sure. And she was really nice. It was an older woman. And she said, 169. And I was like, <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of what I had expected because somebody told me like they're pretty expensive and, um, but the men's of course were more. So I paid with tax 196 for these beautiful boots and, um, I will take very good care of them. They are Vanessa. No, sorry, not Vanessa. The, you know, this is in Spanish. I can't even read it. Vaquero. That's probably what it says. Signature. But I could have sworn there was another name on here hold on um it was like here, here it is what is it no i thought somebody asked me if that's what these were vaquero vaquero i'm not saying that right i want to say it with the spanish accent um signature yeah anyways i'm excited about them the last time i owned a pair of cowboy boots was when i was about four or five and they were red and I haven't had them since, so I'm very excited about my boots. Okay, let's talk about, you want me to talk about boys a little bit? I've had some Tinder excitement um, since I've been on here last. You know, I decided to join Tinder Gold or whatever it is. I just, I'm paying for it. It was on sale for like half off, so it was $14.99 for a month, and I thought, why not? So I, um, I go on, and I have 9999 plus matches, not matches, but people that have swiped right on me uh, over 10,000. Like it's crazy. My girlfriend Kira said she gets the same thing. Like this is not out of the ordinary, I think because it will go all over the world. So it gives you like a wide range. Obviously you can narrow the search down. Like if I narrow it down within five miles and like ages like 30 to 45, then hardly anybody comes up. So, um, it's like a wide range. It's people from all over. So, um, that kind of blew me away at first. I'm like, I don't have time to go through all these freaking people. Like this is exhausting. I'm like <laughs> overwhelmed. So I did match with somebody. Um, let's see, do I start off with him first or yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of what, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I met him first. So I matched with this guy. He's cute. He's blonde. He's 38. Um, and uh, he, his name's Ricky and turns out he's a musician. He's a chef in his picture. Let's just say we did a lot of talking. Like he did way too much talking, more talking than I even wanted. Like I told him, like, remember, I am not looking for a boyfriend. I just, he goes, yeah, I know, I know. But he was like literally talking me up like all the time and asking how my day was and like wanting to know everything about me. Um, and I just thought, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to throw the HIV bomb at him. Cause I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I think he's not understanding that I don't want anything more than just a hookup. And so I tell him and, uh, he goes, it turns into like immediately, 
oh, wow, like, I've never really had anything. I don't really get sick. I'm like, I've never got COVID. I, like, never get sick. It turned all, like, he turned it right away into him. Like, it was like, immediately he started talking about himself. And I was like, did you, like, did you hear what I just said? Um, okay, whatever. So I said, you know, I, I get a little nervous when I first tell somebody because then it's like, yeah, I have, like, social media about it and stuff. And, like, I think that they're going to go, oh, my God, let me know. Let me see everything. But you know what? He didn't want to see any of it. I literally sent him a screenshot of the U equals U stuff. I sent him the website link. He told me that he never even looked at any of it. So he literally just took my word for it because he just wasn't that worried. And then he shared something about how he'd had chlamydia once, and that's, like, all he's ever had. And I was like, yuck, thanks for making this all about you. That was weird. Um, but that was kind of... a and it's so typical of a dude, right? They always, I mean, they do. They're really not very good about talking or asking questions. They're always talking about themselves, whatever, which is fine because he's not going to be a boyfriend. But we ended up meeting and I got more, oh, I got more excited about him because I saw his video. <laughs> he's got a video called Gravity Falls. Um, and I can't remember the name of the band, something before the silence. So if you want to check it out, check it out. Um, and he's hot AF in that video. This was like around pre-COVID and, but he was also, you know, not sober then he was, he had a meth problem. And so that was part of the reason why he was looking so like thin and nice. But he said, he's always been this like white boy with a big, you know what? Like he had to tell me that several times. I'm like, I'm not impressed by that. Like, stop telling me about your, your dick. I don't really want to know. So, um, and that again, it was, was annoying to me that he was going there. So I kind of had to like tame him down or like tell him like, I don't want to know that stuff. Like just stop talking about yourself. And like, but then when he sent me the video, I was like, oh, like you're cute. Yeah. You were really freaking cute. Like, God damn. And then I started watching the video and then I started learning the song and then I got like, I felt like a groupie. I was like, I cannot wait to meet this guy. Like I can't wait. So we met in Monterey last Friday night. So it's currently Saturday Saturday night at the moment. Um, we met like eight days ago. Mm. And I saw him from across the street. He was waiting out in front. By the way, he said he's gained 40 pounds since that time. So um, I knew that he, and he sent me a body shot of himself and it was not up to my standards at all. Like I was like, not any he, he he kept his ween out of the picture thankfully he pulled it he had the underwear pulled down so i can just get like the top like just so you could see like i don't know why guys do that like it looks like nose being mushed down it's like i don't want to see any of that like i want it to be a surprise um even if it's amazing i don't want you to tell me that um because i just it ruins it like just don't tell me anything let me find out on my own so anyways, we meet and I'm, he's like waiting out in front and I'm across the street and the light hasn't turned red yet. And I'm like, here I come, you know? And so I ran across and I mean, he looked cute. He had a cute baseball hat on and, um, not your standard like baseball hat with a sports team on it. More like, um, a skater would wear kind of like they, where they curl the brim a little bit more. I feel like it might've had a cartoon like underneath the brim that was in black and white. Kind of remember a little bit of that. Anyways, we went to this place called Turn 12, and basically we were sitting at a table side by side um, because there was a table. It was a high high seats, high table facing the bar and all the TV screens. I just felt like that was a good place to sit. I didn't want to sit at the bar. And, you know, we got 
I mean, it was fun. We had, I got a drink or a glass of wine and he got a beer. 20 minutes into the conversation, he laid one on me. Like I wasn't even expecting. I was like, wow, I did not expect that. And so then I was getting more comfortable. I'm like, yeah, like, oh, like you can do that again. And so before I know it, we're like, you know, he did not care at all. We are making out like at this table, like in the freaking restaurant. And I'm like, okay, we like we can't do this. And he's like, well, let's let's go outside. So they have this outside patio. Nobody was out there. It was like not a cold night. Um, there was, you know, they had the fire pit and they had, um, I think, some heater lamps too. And um, we just got real comfortable real fast. I mean, I had my legs draped over his lap and we were holding hands and we were totally making out. And then we just got, I said, we got like, I said, I, if I could, I would like sit on, I'd straddle you right now. But like, I don't like, this is not appropriate. We're at a restaurant. So we go over into this corner where if people are walking by, they could totally see us. And we made out like two teenagers, like just, just could not get enough of each other. It was so much fun. And I was a little tipsy. So being with your eyes closed, it's like, you're kind of in this dreamy state. And he kept doing this thing where he would pull my lip, um, and drag it through his teeth. Like he did it so many times that after a while I was like, you can't do that anymore. Like it, like, I feel like you've given my bottom lip a hickey and literally the next day it was purple inside and it really got sore. Like, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I think that's your thing and that's sexy and all that, but like I, my lip can't take it anymore. Like, I don't even know. I've never had anybody do this much, uh, like activity on my bottom lip before. And so anyways, I like, I don't know how much I want to tell about this. Uh, because I don't know who listens to this beyond my mom and my daughter and my brother, which is fine. I don't mind if any of them hear this. Um, but yeah, I don't like really know how many people are listening to this. So it's like people I work with or kids that, you know, or staff that I work with anyways, let's just say we did the deed. I'm not going to say where, and his, his, you know, what was perfect. Like he had, I think it goes down as like the, the best one I think I've ever seen. I cannot believe how perfect it was. I'm like, he had every single reason to be bragging about it. It was the, everything about it, the size, the symmetry, the, uh, just all of it. It was perfect. Um, and I, but I, again, wish he had never said a thing about it because I would have been even that much more impressed. I mean, I was impressed, but I mean, I would have been even that much more impressed, but anyways, um, <clears throat> so that night ended. And then the next day I was taking my daughter to a show in Berkeley. She was going to go see these, uh, it was like a heavy metal bonanza. There was like seven bands and it was going to go from four o'clock till like 11. And so, and what we had decided is my mom and my stepdad would meet me in Berkeley and we'd have lunch or dinner or whatever while Joey was at this concert. And then, um, I don't know what I would do in the meantime. I hadn't figured that part out yet, but I knew I had time to kill. So I, and I, of course I had this guy on my mind cause we had, I went home, went to bed and it was like, that was a pretty fantastic time. Like I really want to like see him again for sure. And I also wanted to see him at his place because, yeah, we were not at his place. Um, <clears throat> but because he's had issues with his roommate and he didn't want to have anybody um, over because, like, it's a long story, but his, his roommate has some problems and um, it was just not a good time for me to go over there. Mm. So I drop off my daughter at a concert and 
I meet my parents. We have dinner at the Berkeley Marina at this place called the Berkeley Marina Boat Restaurant, Boat Club, something like that. Yes, the same Berkeley Marina where Scott Peterson took his wife's body and then dumped her in the bay. The exact same marina, which is crazy. When I was there, I was like, this is where it was, right, mom? She's like, yeah. And I have been by his house in Modesto. I made a detour up going up to Twain Hart to go uh, snowboarding at Dodge Ridge. And I had my ex when we were together, um, we figured out how to find Scott. P- well, it's, I mean, it's not hard to find and Google it, but we went to the Scott Peterson house where Lacey had gone missing and had been on the news like for months. So um, it was like a weird to see it in person for sure, but also go to that harbor and know that that had happened there also that that's where he had taken her body um but anyways we had a nice dinner by the bay beautiful sunset and then i said uh, i said adieu to my parents and it was like 6 30 i'm like what am i gonna do now like i've got so much time to blow do i go to a bar in berkeley by myself like i'll just get on tinder so i get on tinder and like i match with this really good looking dude right away. Sorry, that was my sparkly water. 40 years old. His name's Joe. And he's got like the longish kind of like hair that's like sort of like short, but it's longer. You know what I mean? A nice little fuzzy beard, beautiful smile, 6'2", in great shape. Like what, what's, there's nothing wrong with this guy. I match with him. I said, come meet me for a drink. And he wrote back like right away, oh my God, if I could, I would. He said he was out of town in Nevada City seeing um, somebody's wedding. And he said, uh, and he just put, ugh, like U-G-H. And I was, so we went back and forth a little bit. Like he seemed so like, couldn't believe we matched. So excited. And I thought that this was kind of fun because I was out of my area. I was in a new area. So I was matching with people that I would not normally probably match with because I don't usually let my range go that far. And so it was like, why not meet up with somebody that's like where I'm at? Um, So we went back and forth and oh, and he wrote, after he looked at my profile or whatever, he said, oh my God, tell me everything. I want to know everything about you. Like he made me feel like he had struck gold with me and he couldn't believe that we matched. And he was just like, I just, I need to know everything. And so we talked about our last past relationships. I'd talked about the fact that, you know, my ex had cheated on me. He said that happened to him too. It was six months ago. And he said, I remember him, he wrote body blow and like, he just was like, yeah, like I totally get it. So it's like, we're on the same page. Like we've had the same shit happen to us. And then he calls me, he calls me. I'm like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. I'm like, hello, love his voice. Immediately. I'm comfortable immediately. So easy to talk to. I felt like I was beaming. Like I felt like an idiot. And he said he was too. Like we were like immediately attracted. Like it was just this great connection right away. And we talked for maybe, I don't remember, honestly, when I was in Berkeley, but he wasn't in town, so we couldn't meet. He said, um, I think that night we decided to follow each other on Facebook, not Facebook, sorry, Instagram. Um, Of course, I gave him my Jennifer Lee Vaughn and, oh, it was the next day. It was the next day. No, we had not decided that night. No, we didn't. We didn't do it until the next morning. So the next morning. So we hang up, whatever. Joey finally gets out at 11. My God, we did not get home till one in the morning. I was on the struggle bus driving home. Um, I go to bed. I get a call in the morning. It's like, I don't remember. It was like 730. It was fairly early. 
Um, and I don't remember if he called me first and FaceTimed or if he just FaceTimed right away. But anyways, he was calling again. Like what? Guys on Tinder don't call. They only text. It's very rare for a guy to make a phone call. Like I feel like that only happens if like something, like if you're going to meet and there's some crazy like schedule conflict or something, then there might be a phone call. But like in general, guys don't call to talk. So he was calling me to talk. So he, he FaceTimes me. That's right. It was a FaceTime because I remember it wasn't even a call first. It was a straight up FaceTime. And I'm looking at my phone and I think, I can't believe this guy is FaceTiming me. Like I'm in bed. It's morning. And I, I decide what the, why not? why not? Like, what do I have to lose? So I, well, everything really, but like also nothing. So I, I accept it. And I like, I held it up to the ceiling at first because I didn't want him to see my face. I was like hiding behind my pillow. And I finally turned it on me and he goes, let me see you. He goes, you're beautiful. He's like, oh my God, stop hiding. He goes, look at you. He goes, just everything you need to hear as a girl. Like he just can't believe you're 52. Oh my God, you're beautiful. I even got up out of my bed and brushed my teeth. So I put my phone up and he kind of saw me in my t-shirt and my underwear. And he's like, like, he's just like, ah, you know, anyways, he's like, I need to see you. Like, I just, you're the, you're great. And so, uh, we got off the phone and then we immediately start texting like about how we're both attracted to each other and oh my God and da da da. So that is Monday. That is Owen's birthday. I go to work that day. I'm Instagramming some stuff. He, oh, that was it. I sent him a picture of, um, me and my girls just to let him know, like, these are my kids. This is what they look like. Um, and it was from my Instagram. So I had screenshotted it and I didn't take off my Instagram name. I didn't like edit the picture down to just a picture. I just left the full screenshot and just sent it to him. Well, right after he friended me like immediately. And I was like, this could open a can of worms because there's my last name. And I know like not everything is scrubbed off the internet yet from my name and HIV. So anyways, I, whatever I, I say, yes, I accept it. Cause my account's on private. And then I, I also ask him. And so he lets me through on his, on his end. And then things got a little quiet and I was like, "Uh Oh, he found it. He found it. You know what I thought is that I had some TikToks. I still do one of Owen doing the Kendama. If you've looked on my Instagram, there's one of him doing a Kendama. And if you look at the small fine print on the, 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 um, you know what it is. It's something to do with paint. What do they call that thing? Not the thumbprint, the something mark, the watermark. Um, it says, you know, my TikTok account, it says pause Lee. So I think right away he has found it. He's found all of my stuff. Like I'm so stupid. I think that guys really like pay attention to this stuff and they, they don't. So I got weird because he had been so interactive with me and all of a sudden he stopped texting me. I was like, that's weird. So I said, Oh my God, you got quiet. You got quiet. And he goes, he goes, no, not at all or whatever. And so he goes, why do you think that? And I said, Oh, I don't know. It just like, I can't remember. And I'm like kind of embarrassed that I like called him out on it because maybe it was a nothing, but it felt like it got quiet from where we had just been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then as soon as he followed me, it's like it stopped. And so I was like, Oh God. So, um, he said that he didn't mean to get quiet. Mm. And I don't know. I, that was on, Oh no, that was Sunday. Sorry. That was Sunday because Owen's birthday was Monday, but we were going to go bowling that day and whatever. So that day we go bowling. Um, and he's liking all my stories. Like 
immediately. Like he's the first one there liking and watching. And he writes to me, he says, hot mama, because Joey had filmed me bowling. And I'm like, oh my God, like he's like, and he goes, you have such good looking kids. And, um, and he wrote in my DM, happy birthday, Owen, like, like he doesn't even know my kid, but he's like so sweet. He's like literally saying happy birthday to my kid. Not that I'm going to tell Owen that there's this dude I'm talking to on Tinder who's saying happy birthday to you. I would never even tell him that. So I don't remember about that night. I think we had more texting that night and like how it'd be great to be together. And uh, I wish you were closer and da da da. Wake up the next morning. There's good morning messages. And that day I go to work. Um, I'm filming some stuff, stuff at school on my story. He's watching stuff immediately, liking it. I'm like, wow, like this is the kind of relationship I want. Like, this is it. Like, this is like this communication and this adoring me and like adoring everything I'm doing with my kids feels so nice. And, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm like eating it all up. It is full on love bombing. And I am accepting it a hundred percent. I just was so excited. So that night we go to sushi, we come home and we're doing VR for Owen's birthday. He has completely liked every story all through dinner and like, again, like the top watcher. And, um, and then he sends, and then I do a post about Owen's birthday and he literally writes on the post, happy birthday, Owen. You know, like, <laughs> there's like five people that wrote happy birthday Owen because it's my Instagram. So people wouldn't really say happy birthday to Owen on my Instagram, but he, he wrote it on there. And I'm just like, I mean, if it was like anybody else, I'd be like, that's kind of weird. But because this guy is so like, freaking gorgeous. I was like, I don't even care. So whatever, say happy birthday to all my kids. I don't care. Um, so then, um, things got a little quiet and I, I think at some point, I don't remember what day it was, but I kind of said something like, um, that it was getting quiet. Oh, that was it. I finally, um, I, was waiting for him to like, like make a plan to see me, like, let's make a plan. So I just decided Tuesday because it had felt a little quiet after the birthday and the next day had felt a little quiet. And I thought I'm going to reach out to him first because it feels like he's doing all the reaching out to me. So I say we should, um, well, I'd asked him how his day was first. And he just said, uh, he said, uh, eh. um, what did he say? No, that was the, that was the fireman and said his shower was boring. Um, I don't know. I had told him that I was cold at one point because he asked me how my day was. And I said, it's really cold here. It's windy. I wish you had your arms around me. I wish you were warming me up. And he just, he always writes back UGH. And he said, he was just like, it's always the response I want. Like, he's just like, oh my God, I wish, you know? And it's like, he, the way he responded with his text every time or even over the phone w worked for me. Like I never got an ick or anything. It was like, he was saying everything just like I would want to hear. And like, I'd say something back to him and he'd put, ah, and he'd say, and then he'd st say stuff like, you're great. Like saying that after I got off the phone with him just made me feel like, wow, like this guy, like he's, he gets me and like, he thinks I'm amazing. And this is like what you want as, um, you know, to have as a partner is somebody who, just sees only the good, I guess, which is so like unrealistic. But anyways, it, it's been a while since a guy has actually pursued me for more than just a hookup where they seemed, he seemed interested in wanting to get to know me. And we both even talked about, obviously we're two hours away from each other because he lives in Richmond and how is this going to work? 
So, but we never really got to that point. We really weren't discussing like, cause we, we know we have to meet first, but, but we were like, you know, he's like, I just, I, you're like amazing. I want to meet you. So I finally nail him down on Tuesday. I said, let's, let's figure out a time to meet. We need to figure something out. And he said, you're right. Um, he said, you're right. Or I agree. And he said, and then like, I'll get back to you. He must've been busy. It was Tuesday morning. Well, he didn't get back to me. And Tuesday went all the way through and then Wednesday happened. And I finally just said, you know, like, I don't remember when exactly it was on Wednesday, but I was a little annoyed like that. He kind of didn't say anything more about that. And I got quiet on my end. And so I think, I can't remember how it happened, but I was, I was able to say to him like, Hey, you know, you didn't like follow through with that. And he goes, you're right. You're right. I didn't. I'm sorry. My bad. Mike, I need to get better with my communication. I really apologize. So it was weird because he had come on so strong and then it was starting to kind of fade with each day. There was still little tidbits, a little like on a story maybe, but not really like it had been gung ho for the first two and a half days. And so then we, we iron that out. Like, let's figure out a date. So he says, well, let me ask you this. What are you doing this weekend? And I said, he called me again. He called me. We talked over the phone um, because I had been a little bit annoyed that he had not followed through with that. Just saying, I agree. And I'll get back to you later on that. And he never did. So then when I, I don't again, I'm forgetting there was some kind of annoyance and he knew about it. And so he called me and he said, Hey, I'm really sorry. And I said, well, then he goes, well, let me ask you, what are you doing this weekend? I said, well, I, I don't have anything going on. So he says, okay, how about Saturday. We could meet like in Santa Clara. Like that would be halfway for both of us, which is nice because he's not trying to find a way to finagle me into his place or into a hotel somewhere. He's just like trying to find a halfway point where we can meet and just meet, you know, and see if there's a vibe and see if we're attracted in person and all of that. I loved all that. I was like more than willing to drive an hour to go meet him for sure. So Thursday goes by and um, again, real quiet. I don't think there was much said on Thursday. I think he said, good night, sec, good night, sexy Wednesday night, I think. And maybe Thursday day was the day where we made the plan to do Saturday. I don't know. Somewhere in there, I was annoyed. Like, I don't know. And so anyways, so (laughs) I say nothing to him all day Friday, nothing, because I'm like, if you don't get a hold of me on Friday, the day before we're supposed to meet and say something like about the plan, then this is just bullshit. Like I'm not dealing with this kind of crap. I don't deserve this. I like, I deserve to know what the plan is and I'm not going to beg you to tell me. So I don't say anything to him. So last night, Friday night, I get a text from him at like 1138 and it says, um, something like you've been really quiet. I think you forgot about me. And he put a sad face. So I'm like, like, it seems like you forgot about me. Put a sad face. I'm like, like what? You're supposed to be contacting me. So I don't reply because at this point I had done some research on his phone number and I found out his last name and, but stuff added up. Like there was things about the bin verified for his number. And I really didn't want to put his number into bin verified because I didn't want to know things that maybe I didn't want to know, you know? And so, um, I was a little afraid to do it, but at that point when I hadn't heard from him and it's like late on a Friday night, we're supposed to meet the next day and I have, there's been no plan made. I decided to like, look up the numbers. So what comes up is his full name 
um, which checks out on Facebook as the same name. And it really kind of checks out on his Instagram because his name is sort of in that Instagram name. Um, and then there's a past number, two numbers that are associated with him that have Salt Lake City area codes, which match up because he told me he had lived in Salt Lake City, grew up there. So that made sense. And then there's an address, one address, and it's in San Diego. San Diego. He's never mentioned San Diego. So I look up the address on Google Maps and I zoom in and it was taken a year ago. And he said he's never been married, no kids, nothing. And there's a minivan in the driveway. Like, are you, you fucking kidding me? Like this guy's married. So I'm like, I'm like in such disbelief. I'm like, oh my God, he's been playing me. He's totally playing me. So I, um, I'm like, feel really good about not responding to is they guess you forgot about me. I'm like, fuck you, whatever. So the next morning, 530 in the morning, he sends me another text, just a sad emoji because I never responded to the Friday night one, which was weird because that was 1130 at night. And then he sent me another one at six or 530 in the morning, like six hours apart. If I had gone to sleep at like 11, I wouldn't have been up. Like I'm surprised he sent a second one before I would have even been up, but he did. So he sent another sad one. So I didn't actually get up until eight. 30, I believe, or maybe it was 7.30. So he had to wait a couple hours to get a response from me. So I decided I wasn't going to write anything because I, oh, and also on Ben Verified, it said that he had a very high search volume. It said, and it, that is where it, where it gave a warning. And it said, this person has been searched 33 times. And he's also been kicked off of Tinder. And he told me it was because of a bot. He thought it was a bot. He thought it was a Russian bot. He called her out on it. And he said he was shitty to her and that he, um, and that, that, that's why his account was taken away. And his account was taken away right after I'd sent him my Instagram information. That's what it was. And that's why I thought he unmatched me because I said, you unmatched me. And he said, no, I didn't. He goes, my account was taken away. And he goes, he goes, that's funny because some other girl that I had been talking to, he goes, I'm not like a talking to and a lot of people he's trying to like justify it and not get me worried. But he said, I also got somebody else who wrote to me and said, you unmatched me. Um, but he's kind of made me feel like I'm the top girl. Anyway. So that, yeah, that was one of the things that I was like, you unmatched me. Like I got paranoid and wrote to him and said that. So like, I've already been paranoid at least two times. So this is going to be the third time that I'm like, basically going to be paranoid because I've looked him up on Ben Verified. And I know I look crazy if I share any of this information with him, but like, I want to hold it close to the vest at this point. I don't really want to share it with him. I just want to just be quiet, let him just suffer you know, whatever, maybe not explain anything. Cause he probably knows why I'm quiet. Um, or doesn't who cares because he looks like he has a wife and maybe a kid. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I say to him, I decided to say something. I decided to say, Hey, and he goes, hi. And he said, I said, I was out. I wasn't out. And he said on a date, which is none of his business, honestly. And I could have been on a date. And I said, well, you're not doing anything to meet me. And he said, ouch. Okay. Sorry about that. He goes, well, I was, he goes, yes, something came up and I can't meet today. Of course something came up. And I said, well, it would have been really nice of you to share that with me. Like the day before he goes, well, I was trying to last night. And I'm like, no, like you obviously knew well before 11 o'clock last night that you had plans for Saturday and you never said anything all day Friday because he ended up calling me. So we had this discussion and he said, you're right. You're right. But before this discussion, I, he said, I said something like, um, 
I said, you weren't trying very hard to meet me. And he put, ouch. And I said, he goes, well, I will try harder now. And I said, I'm good. <laughs> and he goes, WTF. He's like, question marks. What the fuck? What are you talking? Like, why are you doing this to me? Because he, and he put another sad face. Like, I don't like mind blown. Like he does not know why I'm being so mean to him. And I say, um, I say, let's see. Oh, I sent him the screenshot. I said, I looked you up. Stuff does not smell right. It says you have a bunch of searches on your name and that there you are probably spam. And I said, and San Diego? Question mark. And he just put, what are you talking about? So I sent him the screenshot of the messages, like the fact that he has like this, you know, notification that's an alert that he has like hardcore searches on his name. And then he just put, wow. And then I sent him the screenshot of the minivan. And I said, and you don't live here? He goes, laugh out loud. I'm like, that's not the reaction I was expecting. And then I sent him the screenshot of his name, the phone numbers, and the address to San Diego. He said, laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. He goes, that is not my address, nor was it ever. He goes, I have never lived in San Diego. This is all text. Then he just finally calls because he wants to clear everything up. So he tells me, look, this information isn't right. He goes, I don't know why it's showing that address. He goes, I don't know who that is. He goes, that I've never lived in San Diego. I don't live at that address. I never have. Oh, and he had texted, I live in Richmond, boo. He goes, I told you where I live. He goes, I'm not lying about that. He goes, but I understand like you wanting to be care be careful because online can be crazy. And he said, and... um you know, but I, and I appreciate you doing your due diligence and, you know, making sure that I'm a good guy or whatever he goes, but I swear I am a good guy. And I would never, he goes, you're a mom. And I would never like take advantage of a mom or be like weird. He goes, and I don't even understand. He goes, how could I spam you? Like what, what I even want from this, like the spam situation. And I'm like, I don't even know. I said, but why do you have so many searches on your name? And he said, well, I don't know. I mean, I've done online dating, so I guess, you know, girls look this stuff up. And I said, well, just, you know, so, you know, I, you know, I had some weird stuff with somebody. So I did buy the bin verified. It's only five bucks a month and I can put the phone number in. He goes, no, he goes, I totally understand. He goes, that's not even a problem. Like he wasn't weirded out by it at all. Um, but you know, cause like part of me was like, well, this is over. Like he's never going to see me again. So, um, I might as well just be totally honest and tell him what I did. And then he FaceTimes me. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So we're on the phone. So I accept the FaceTime and I'm like, hi, no makeup. I'm not feeling my prettiest. I'm like literally covering my face with my hair. And he's like, you look great. Like why? Don't worry. Both times he's in bed against a pillow. That's just how he was. And I'll tell you why that might be significant. It might not, not, might not be, I don't know yet. But, um, anyways, I, um, I, we talk more. He said, look, I just want you to know, like, I would never do that to a mom. I'm a good guy. Like I, I'm sorry that this didn't work out for Saturday and you're right. I should have contacted you sooner, but at least I just want you to know, like I am, I am the guy you can follow me on Facebook. Like that is my account. Um, I just don't do a lot of social media or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well I, I feel better the second I talk to him. I'm like, I feel kind of stupid now, but he's like, no, don't even worry about it. I get the concern. I really do. So, oh my God. So, um, get off the phone with him and I realized that I can now tell him because 
this Saturday thing isn't working out, that Joey wants to go to a show on the 18th at the UC Theater again. And it would be the same. Oh, I got to plug my it would be the same type of thing where I would drive her and leave her and I'd have free time. And this way I would be really close to him. I'd be within 15 minutes of where he lives. And so, um, there we go. Oh, it's still recording. Okay. Okay. I'll just chop that part out later. Okay. So where was I? (laughs) I lost track of where I was. Um, so I say to him that I'm going to be bringing my daughter to sing. This is text. Would you be up for meeting for, you know, something, coffee, drinks? We need to at least meet for a couple, couple drinks. Um, oh, my little light went off. That's what's weird. My light is off. Wait, why is that not going back on? This is connected to this. This is plugged in. This goes. Oh, there we go. Okay. So he says, that sounds great. Yes, let's do that. And then the next text comes. He goes, but let's make this in all caps tentative. And then he puts in parentheses. I know, I know. I'm like, look, (laughs) I couldn't make this any easier on you. I'm coming to you. I'm available. If you can't commit to meeting me on that day, then let's just chalk this up to fun flirting for the last week. And I will not think you're a bad guy because he said, I don't want you to think I'm a bad guy. And so he writes back and he says, okay, yes, I can commit. And then he puts a second, second text that says, OMG. Like, why is that? Why is it so hard? It shouldn't be that hard. I'm coming to you. And so I wrote back, I wrote back right away and I said, good. And then I sent him the emoji with the tongue sticking out, you know, with the eyes, like they're like V's sideways, like that, like good, like do it. So he never responded to the good at all. It was quiet all day today, but then he watched my Instagram story after he hadn't watched it in like literally two days. And if you're listening to this podcast and you knew that I had all this stuff going on the social media, cause he doesn't know any about any of this as far as I know. And this was all just to get me to talk about you on my podcast. Like that's pretty fucked up. But, um, anyways, he did look at my story tonight and he, lo- he hearted one of the stories. So I'm like, okay, I guess he's still like willing to meet me. Here's the other thing. I don't know that he's real. I really don't know that he's real. Somebody wrote to me in my close friend's story on Instagram because I talked about this and they said, there's the deep fake on the internet. There's, there's technology where you can literally take someone's face. And as long as you're not moving around a lot, hence laying up against a pillow twice. Um, and maybe he wasn't in Nevada city. Maybe he really was in the area, but his, he had his distance turned off on Tinder. So I couldn't see how far away he was from me. Um, so anyways, Oh, my phone's going to die. Anyways, I'm gonna wrap this up. We'll just see what happens. I don't know. We'll just see. My phone is literally going to die. I'm running out of space on here. It's all red. Now I have no space on my phone. So anyways, I'm gonna wrap this up. I'll let you guys know, but it doesn't look good. And I don't know if he's fake or real. I really don't know. I'm starting to wonder if I just talked to somebody on the deep web or deep fake or whatever it is. Okay, guys, have a great week, and uh, I'll be sure to come back and report and let you guys know, but it wouldn't even happen for another, like, 12 days, so it would probably wouldn't be on the next podcast anyways. Um, that's all for now. Love you guys. Bye! If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.